it's Julie and I am so excited because I have a dream coming true right now and I am so excited to share it with you. So for the last couple of years, I've been daydreaming in my meditation. I've been going into it and seeing the words angel school. It's something that spirit has really brought to me and it's really coming to fruition. So I want you to know about it. Through this angel school that I'm going to be starting in April, it's just one weekend, one weekend only, April 13th and 14th. Well, through this angel school, what you're going to learn to do is Reiki and how to bring through your spiritual gifts. So you will get certified in two separate things. If you come to my course, you will get Reiki certification. You will be a Reiki master teacher, and you will also get certified in my angel school in bringing through angel messages, learning how to communicate with your angels, how to really develop your spiritual gifts. You're going to learn how I do energy healing, what my process is, how I work with my clients, how I hear from the other side and bring through those messages. Now, if you're thinking, well, that's awesome, Julie, I'd really like to learn that, but I don't think I want to be a Reiki teacher. That's okay. You don't have to go into this full time. You don't have to make this your profession. There are so many people out there who just want to learn how to connect with the other side for themselves. And if that's you, that's awesome. That's beautiful. And really, this class will help you shape your life in every different aspect of your life. So really groundbreaking, really fun, amazing work that we're doing here. And I'm just so excited to share it with you. So in this class, here's what you're going to get. You're going to become a Reiki master teacher. You're going to learn how to communicate with angels, how I bring through messages. You're going to learn how to develop your spiritual gift because as you go through this course over these two days, your gifts are going to come out and we're going to show you how to work with them. You're also going to learn energy healing through supervised practice on other people. So working on people really helps you to understand what you're hearing. And when somebody talks back to you and says, you know, yes, oh my gosh, you're bringing through exactly what I needed to hear. It just is so validating and it helps you really develop your gifts. And you're also going to learn all the insights into how I do what I do. And that is Angel School. So if you'd like more details, go online to my website, www.jancis.com. You can also email me for details. I'll send those to you. But again, it is coming up soon. It's Saturday, April 13th and Sunday, April 14th. Again, that's Saturday, April 13th. 13th and Sunday, April 14th. So I am so excited. I hope you guys are pumped too. And I hope you guys go online or email me to learn more. so excited about our guest today, Nikki Hartley. And I have to say, even before we get started, Nikki is a complete saint. (laughs) We have tried this podcast three different times and um, she has just worked with me on it because it didn't work. 
the audio, it didn't record it and we just couldn't get this. So she's back. She's still working with us. We've got great information for you today and you're just going to absolutely love her like I do. Um, so as I just said, I've gotten the opportunity to talk with Nikki for hours before <laughs> I interviewed her. Um, Nikki is an expert in many holistic fields. She's a registered hypnotherapist, a psychotherapist, a meditation teacher, yoga teacher, mindset coach. She's based in Boulder, Colorado, and she's even taught at the University of Colorado. Uh, she's also mom to two young kiddos. Yeah. Uh, Nikki and I both share a passion for understanding how the brain works and how it can heal itself through various methods. So we're going to cover it all today. Nikki, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you, Julie, for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. In the introduction, what did I miss? Uh, is there anything else that you want to share with people? Uh, no, actually, it sounds like you covered it all. Oh, good. And, um, you know, some people like it at the beginning. Some people like to hear it at the end. But for people who are online right now and they want to check you out, where can they find you? Oh, uh, my website is www.mindbodymana.com. And mana is spelled M-A-N-A. -A. So that's mindbodymana.com. Perfect. Um, so today we're really going to talk about, let's start with the brain. The brain works, um, how it's tied to our spiritual selves. Let's talk about neuroplasticity. For those who don't know what neuroplasticity is, can you explain it from ground zero? So neuroplasticity is when the brain rewires itself. Um, when we put in new thoughts or new beliefs or new habits, the synapses in the brain actually change and they start growing together in a different way, letting go of the way our brain used to wire and think and behave. That's awesome. So really by changing our thoughts, we can really change our lives, right? Oh, absolutely. When you change your thoughts, you do change your life. And there's this, there's so many wonderful tools to get to those changes. Uh, um, people just need to find what resonates with them. So how do they start with that? Uh, so when I do mindset coaching, I try to give uh, various tools. One of them might be meditation. Meditation is a great tool to help people get into a different brain state um, brain waves activate differently when you're in meditation so that you can make those changes subconsciously. If you want a faster track, you would use something like hypnotherapy because you would change the brain waves pretty quickly at like immediately actually from beta to theta or alpha. Um, and then you can use really easy things like journaling. I know journaling super popular, but it really does change the way that we have our external experiences because we're putting, we're cementing or putting in concrete our thoughts. And then when we write it down, it kind of makes it more um, concrete, tangible. Like you have this more visceral reaction to what you experienced earlier. And then there are other ways that you can change brain by like changing habits, like things that you do daily. Like if you wake up earlier and you do something differently in the morning, like that can totally set the tone for how you're going to live your life and like do things the rest of the day. If you start an exercise routine, a yoga routine, a meditation routine again, um, let's see, what else do I recommend? Because once um, you, like, once you're in it for that many days, you're really concrete. How many days did you say it is? 
oh, I didn't, um, but it usually takes 21 to 30 days to change your mindset or a habit or develop a habit. Um, Cause sometimes habits are good and you want to get a yeah. new habit, but yeah, 21 to 30 days typically. And you have to do it diligently. You can't do it once. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, it's been 21 days and I did that one thing. <laughs> <laughs> So let's go through some common examples that I see with my clients um, of mindset, because a lot of these mindsets come in in our younger years, right? Mm. Um, There's different ones that we develop as kids. You know, sometimes if our parents don't have a good relationship, we create this mindset of, well, I'm like them, so I'm not going to have a good relationship too. Or um, if mom and dad maybe struggled with money, we saw mm-hmm. that as younger kids and we come in and we say, well, I'm going to struggle with money too. Struggling mm-hmm. with money is a part of life is some things that I find my clients tell themselves within their mind. So how would you show people in those two instances to get out of that mindset? Uh, that's a great question. So you would basically need to go back to the brain state that you're in, in the time period that that anchored in. Um, infants are typically in a, uh, Delta brain state. And so they're really connected to the subconscious and then kids between the ages of two to seven are in an alpha brain state, which is like, they're aware, but like they're really easily, um, put into, like a dreamlike state. So that's why kids have such an easy time playing pretend. Like you could tell your kid, like pretend you're a tree and like they'll pretend they're a tree. And then like hours later, they're like, I'm still a tree. It's because they're in that alpha type brain state where there's a ton of creativity happening. Um, And then around 12, they slip into beta, which is where there's a huge range in beta brain waves from, you know, normal awake state to like really high functioning beta where you're stressed out. Anyways, I say all that because... In those alpha states between the ages of two to seven is when that pretend stage is happening. And if they see negative external circumstances or they hear negative replies or they get negative feedback, that kind of starts to anchor in their belief system and they play pretend, I use air quotes, that reality So if they have a lot of hardship, they have a lot of trauma, they have a lot of difficulty, they might be resilient because they're not going to really fully understand reality because they're in that alpha brain wave, like a, a different reality, but it's still going to set the tone for how they're going to behave later. That's why kids, everyone's like, teenagers are so difficult. Well, teenagers are mimicking and acting out now when they gain the autonomy to what they saw in their early life. And then when we become adults, we still have the ability to to like change things and see things like, ooh, shiny object. So we distract ourselves. So to change the beliefs about money, you really have to create a new belief and a new habit in how money comes. Money can come from source or all that is or the universe, whatever your higher believing uh, belief system is from an infinite amount of ways. Like we try to control how we receive money. We're like, we go to work, we get a paycheck. And then if you run out of that paycheck, you're like, I'm out of money or there's not enough money or there's always all these bills coming. Well, that may be true, but then you're closing yourself off from trusting that money can come from an infinite amount of ways 
more than we are aware or allow ourselves to believe. And so we really have to start opening our belief system to the idea that money doesn't have to come from a job. Money can come from any place. And then we have to change our relationship with money. You have to start believing that you're worthy of money, um, that your frequencies are going to attract money. And if you're living in these lower vibe frequencies, like a fear mentality, fear-based, lack struggle, um, then you're going to push money away. Like source is not going to bring in these things because it's, you're putting out the energetic frequency of I'm scared of it. Or I'm not, and I'm not worthy of it, or I'm not good enough, or money doesn't like me. So you have to create a different energy. I mean, money's just energy. Like we can spend money without actually holding it. You know, we have debit cards, um, and or we can have the tangible money like that we hold in our hands. However, it's all just numbers and digital, and like it's just an energy exchange, right? It's just an energy exchange. So you have to change the relationship with money and become friends with money and you hang out differently. And like, you might spend something. That's why people always say like, you get more by giving. And it's so true because when you have more to give or you have this energy of like, I have this in abundance, then you seem to always have enough and more than enough because you're able to share. So really changing your belief system about money, changing your ideas of how money works, and then creating new habits of how you interact with money are going to 100% change the relationship and the money that comes to you. And there's plenty of different ways to do that. Again, you have to find what resonates with you. Um, Some examples off the top of my head, some people like to use old checkbooks and like write themselves like a, a paper check and then like they deposit it, uh, again, air quotes, deposit it. Mentally in their like thinking they deposit yeah. it, not in real life. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. I was just making sure everybody else knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Or like some people even create like a web, uh, a spreadsheet, like a income spreadsheet online, like in Google Docs or something. And every day you deposit $50 and you're like, got $50. And so you're just open to getting the $50, not controlling where it comes from. Some people leave money jars around the house. And like, if they get changed, they'll like drop it in one jar. If they have cash, they'll drop it in another jar. If they have a check, they'll put it in another jar. And then you just visually see this abundance of money all around you. Oh, I really like that one. I think I'm going to use that one. (laughs) Yeah. So you you really are like, wow, I have all this money. I'm never in lack. I always have enough. There's money all around me all the time because you can put the jars in different rooms. And another one would be to spend money um, like you already have it. That one is a little tricky Because if you're still in that real fear-based mentality and you haven't really shifted into the trust of the universe bringing you money from infinite amount of ways, then if you go out and put a bunch of expensive stuff on your credit cards and you're in that fear-based mentality, then you're just going to be in debt. So I suggest if it's an old anchored belief and they've been dealing with money struggle for a long time, start either with the... um, the checks that you, you know, you hypothetically write yourself, the spreadsheets, or just start collecting change and put it in the little jars, the little money jars throughout your house. Yeah. Cause we, you know, it's interesting what, and, um, 
you know, I love the analytical part of me. I love, you know, the woo-woo and this is probably too analytical for the woo-woo. But, um, you know, one of the examples that I've seen is, um, you know, without giving any names or who anybody is, but I have somebody who came to see me who said, you know, here's the situation. Um, we're about three months away from losing our house. So my husband says, um, I know this money is coming. I feel like it's coming, but I don't want to sell the house. I don't want to sell the house. But the message that had been coming through to her the entire year that she had been coming to see me was sell the house, Mm, sell the house. And I said, have you sat down to look at the finances? And she said, no. I don't want to look at the finances. So I think, you know, I totally agree. I totally believing and having that mentality. But at the same time, we can't totally turn like this blind eye. Um, Because she even threw back at me. She said, you know, well, I went to see somebody else and they told me that I'm going to win the lottery. So I'm just banking on winning the lottery. And I said, you can't not look at your finances. You can't not... Because she said, my husband wanted to sit down with me. My husband wanted to sit down and she won't sit down and look at it. So... What, yeah. what Spirit always shows me is we have to give 100% and then they give 100%. Right. But if we're not given that 100% and we're not open to the truth of it all, um, to me, like I, it just gets a little dicey. Oh, true. And it sounds like she was still being fearful around looking at money instead of being like, all right, friend, let's negotiate. Let's see what you have to bring to the table. And then how can we work together? It sounded like she was like, oh no, I'm just going to avoid this and hope it goes away or solves itself. And you're right. So when we are really upfront and honest, and like we look at a situation that might be uncomfortable or unpleasant regarding money, because we do live in a society where we need money most of us do to like pay our mortgage or pay our car payments or, you know, the utilities, food. Um, When you actually look at like how that relationship's going, if you're telling money, like, I don't deserve you. All I know is there's not enough of you to go around and you make me upset. And all you do is cause stress in my life. Then that energy exchange is going to be really difficult. It would be the same as if you treated another human that way, right? So if you were constantly like, this is my friend, this is my roommate, we live together, but every time they're around, they totally freak me out. I don't really like them here. I, I don't feel like I deserve a roommate because I'm totally messy and they probably don't even like living with me. Like then you're going to have a really strained relationship. Everything in this world and this universe is an energy exchange, every single thing. So change your relationship with money change how you interact with money, change how you think about money, change how you have a relationship with money. The same you would do with a human or a pet or your garden. Have you seen those videos where people like talk to plants and like they're really mean to the plants and they're like, you're ugly, you're worthless and the plant dies? Yes. Same thing. It's an energy exchange. Like there's something really powerful with words, obviously, but that energy that's there behind it. I think they did this with water and rice too. And the rice that was in the water that was spoken meanly and negatively to grew mold on it. Whereas the other one didn't. It's, it's, It's amazing. It's so fascinating. 
So if you're talking ugly or thinking ugly about money, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to shrivel up and die and grow mold. <laughs> so, or it's going to stay away from you. <laughs> so don't do that. Yeah. Talk to money like your best friends. Like, I love you so much. Let's hang out. Let's go have fun together. Yeah. Well, and that is, that is interesting because, you know, I'm still doing some work on this myself, but I tend to see it as dirty. Yeah. And... And in the spiritual, like the things that you and I do, we feel, and because of our backgrounds, I think that there is a little bit of residual belief or guilt behind money and receiving money for helping others when our gifts are so natural. Um, We think like, oh, I should just help everybody freely from the kindness of my heart. And that would be great if we could pay our bills in kindness. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, and I do, you know, that's so true because that happens um, quite often, actually. People call and they'll ask for a free reading. And, you know, I would love to be able to help as many as people as I can. And where I can, I do provide discounts to people if they really do need that help and they reach out to me. But um yeah, I have to be able to contribute to the monthly income. Otherwise, we're in a deficit every month. True. And when I went through my Reiki master training, um, I was living in Hawaii and I had the most amazing Reiki master as my teacher. And she told me, you know, Reiki is an energy exchange. It's a Japanese form of energy healing. However, if what you need, whatever you need, we always try to take care of ourselves And whatever you need for the other person to receive the highest benefit from you is what you should receive. And Dr. Asui, the man who is responsible for creating Reiki and bringing it over here, um, he even recognized that in his own teachings. He was trying to help all these people by giving them Reiki and like healing their energy and improving their lives. And he realized when there wasn't a good energy exchange that they resorted back to who they were and they went back to um, living in a lower frequency or going back to committing crimes or living on the street because they didn't value his offerings. And so the good energy exchange, whatever people decide to um, put on it. If it's, if you, if you feel good about doing the job and they feel like they've invested in themselves, that's a better energy exchange so that both people benefit. Otherwise, if you do something for free and you're kind of like miffed about it, like this isn't serving me, I don't get anything out of this. The attitude you're going to bring to the situation is I don't want to be here. And then you cut yourself off from source. Right, right. That's true. Let's talk about vibrations a little bit because, um, you know, one of the things that we talk about on this podcast and one of the things that spirit shows me is we're, we're touching on this, but I want to go deeper into it. So when we talk about human being, the humanness is the body, the beingness is the soul. The body has one set of vibrations or frequencies to it, and we can optimize those frequencies to be of its best health, but that's not what we're talking about today. I want to talk about the soul and the different set of frequencies, vibrations that the soul has to it, because what came about in our conversation, and I think really what I've been searching for since my dad passed away and I got into this is, 
I can tap into this higher frequency through my crown chakra. And I've taught so many people how to do this too. I really feel like it's a huge component of the work that I do. Um, and it's called so many different things, right? I mean, I think that this is what Eckhart Tolle is talking about when he calls it the power of now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, people are calling it so many different words and terms, but you had mentioned alpha, beta, and theta states. And what I'm wondering, as I'm bringing this knowledge to our listeners, I want to talk more and more with people who are scientifically knowledgeable about this, wondering if I should go to one of the scientists out there who are studying alpha, beta, theta states. Is it a theta state? Is that Mm -hmm. what that frequency is? Absolutely. So when we I I think I mentioned this a little earlier, but the average person when they're awake is running on beta. A beta is our conscious state. And there's a huge frequency range in beta to where you can be like reading a book. That's a relaxed beta state. And then the, the next level would be like learning where you're engaged, you're a little bit more aware and alert, but you're taking processing information, you're taking it in. Then there's high beta where it's survival, fight or flight, cortisol's pump in, like you are stressed out, like there's a bear chasing me. Now, most people live somewhere between that learning and engaged beta state, which is like the medium one to like even high beta states where they are just like, my job is stressful, family's stressful, traffic is stressful, paying my bills, stressful, stressful. And they are just constantly getting all the brain to pump all these different hormones and all of these different um, neurotransmitters into the nervous system, which is called the sympathetic nervous system, where they are just going to be on high alert all the time. You're not going to take in information. You're going to be very disconnected and it's the lowest uh, frequency or vibe that we can emit. And that is the, the, that the, is the frequency that m- most human beings are operating at right now within their body. That is more the body's frequency, right? Correct. And you can test this. Like if you look at an EEG machine, like there's been all these tests where it's just that frequency is um, being emitted. And so to change that, to change the frequency, to change how you, to put your body out of the master seat and into the you know passenger seat, because you really want the mind to be in control then you have to go into meditation, which is going to take you to an alpha state. It's where you're relaxed. You know, you're not, you're not as stressed. You're more like in a nice daydream state. Theta is where your brain goes into awareness, but your body is asleep. You have now taken the body completely out of the driver's seat and you're in your subconscious mind. However, yes, you're still aware and you're really able to get into the reprogramming of the brain. You're able to let go of the old habits, old beliefs, negative thinking and theta. Theta can happen if you're really uh, well-practiced in meditation or a hypnotherapy where you bypass the alpha state right into theta, the body's asleep, the mind's aware, and you can start reprogramming. When you're in alpha um, brain waves, we talked on this earlier with kids where they're able to play. So you get out of that survival mode and beta and you get into that creative 
place. That's what alpha is going to do. So you're actually functioning in your daily life while you're living. And it's it's like a meditative state, but it's so much more than that. It's a blissed out. Yeah. So you're aware and you're mindful. That's where all yeah. the mindful talk comes in. It's like, how can I, what is mindfulness? What is mindfulness? Mindfulness is getting you out of beta into alpha and you're just really present really super present of everything happening in your life. And you can say things like, I'm angry, but then you're going to go, why am I angry? Oh, because I'm sitting in traffic and this person in front of me is driving really slow and I have to be at work in five minutes. You can have that analytical conversation like you would in beta, but you're just more present. And then you're able to stop yourself and go, I'm going to get there. It's not a big deal. Like you're just more present and aware of what's happening in your day-to-day life where beta, you're just like, I need to get there. I'm angry. This person needs to move out of my way. Like, or you're just like, I'm angry and you say it, I'm angry. And you don't really reflect on what's causing it and how you can help yourself and figure out what you need. But yes, so high frequencies would be theta. Delta is when you're just completely knocked out. Like it's when we're dreaming Mm -hmm. um, asleep. So Delta... Is that past alpha? Yeah. So there'd be alpha. I mean, I'm just going to put it in order. And so it'd be like alpha, beta, delta, and there's gamma and then theta. And, um, but yeah, so theta is the state where we're aware, but we're connected to that subconscious level. We're connected to our higher self. We can even get into theta with prayer or like if people use mala beads and they're doing their mantras. So that's a great way to also get into theta because you're getting into something bigger than you. Well, and that's what I tell people too. I tell people, you know, the first place that I ever really felt this was at church. Mm -hmm. When I was praying at church when I was younger, I think I was getting into um, theta state then too. Yeah. You know, some people too, I want to ask you about this. Some people say that when you're in theta state, they describe it as you feel like you're living in a different dimension. (laughs) Sure. I mean, we can all have different responses, um, feelings, thoughts, sensations, emotions that come up when we're in a state that shuts off our external uh, senses. So if somebody is like, oh, I feel like I'm somewhere else. Well, that's definitely what you're experiencing. Some people in meditation, they're like, I saw colors. What does that mean? I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) You just, you saw color. Like, but you're accessing something bigger than you because you're turning off the external senses, like I said. So it feels different. It's not our norm. Like we're, we're really connecting to in our inner self and however that is displayed, we're like, oh, wow, that's new because it's so foreign. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's talk about this. So we have the egoic mind, Mm -hmm. 30,000 rapid fire thoughts a day, not really Mm -hmm. even focusing on one thing. And when we live from that ego, we're really tending to live from the past or the anxiety of the future. So how do you teach people how to remove that, how to really tap into their essence, their intuition more and turn down the volume on those 30,000 rapid fire thoughts a day? Okay, good question. So ego gets a really bad rap. I think oh yeah, he, tell him first, tell him first. Oh, oh my gosh, and it's 11, 11 a.m. right now. I don't know if you see that. Um, I, ego, what is that thing that you have that saying about 
ego isn't like the 13 year old. No, it is the 13 year old at the party. Yeah. So ego is like your 13 year olds, um, like a 13 year old at the party, but you don't want to leave them in charge. You know, they're functional. They have their purpose. They can do some good stuff, but you know, they might burn the house down. Like, I love that because ever since you told me that, I think of like, that is my ego, my 13 year old right. self. So true, but ego wants to help us survive. Like it keeps us at this survival mode, but it also is very self-serving. Like what's in it for me? Um, and it, but there's such good in that. Like there can be moments if you don't have ego, then you're going to be taken advantage of, or that you would put yourself in harmful situations or that you wouldn't really think like, well, should I do this or not? Like, so there's definitely a place for ego. However, ego should, like the body, should not be in the driver's seat. Ego should be a passenger to your mind or your higher self. And ego has this great way of helping, like I said, to you know keep us safe and like help us do what's best for us. But you just don't want to leave it in charge because then you can become very self-serving, like I said, and you can also only think about yourself and you don't think about others. So to transform the relationship and have that good energy exchange with ego, um, you want to, again, practice something that gets you out of the beta brainwave state and puts you into alpha where you're more creative and you're more present and you can go this is a, this is safe to do and, and it will then align with your values. So the ego will keep you safe, but you just kind of want to like dial it back and just be like, all right, I see what you want me to do here. However, I need to do this. It's just a very quick internal judgment that we have. And we have to do it through practice. Everything's through practice. We don't become good at something immediately because we decide we want to be. Dialing down ego is best done, yeah, when when you have a practice where you get out of yourself. When you remove the me, 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 me thought and you're able to see the bigger picture and how we connect with everything around us then ego kind of takes a back seat. It's like, okay, you're in charge, not me. I'll listen. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So in order for us to come into this more in our society, we're going to have to start to talk about it more, to talk about our intuition. And what I find is that we don't openly share with one another, even like our close family and friends, when we get these um, strong whispers in our heart, when we're hearing our intuition, why is the intuition taboo? Why don't we talk about it more? I, I believe it's because we're still kind of dealing with the repercussions of when people did talk about these things, they were shunned or they were told they were bad, you know, like the Salem witch trials or um, how paganism wasn't a part of a religion. And like, we all had this very fear-based idea about people who could explain things that we usually can't. Um, However, it's really funny, and I know you probably get this all the time, but if you talk to people one-on-one, typically if they know like you have this gift or that you're able to talk to spirit, 
all of a sudden, everyone has their own example of something that's happened to them in their life that is a form of intuition or spirit communication. We all have a sixth sense. We all have intuitive abilities. We just don't practice them or we feel like, oh, I can't tell people that I have them because people think I'm crazy or bad or charlatan or that um, it's embarrassing, you know, depending on your background and the type of community that you grew up in. So we do, we really need to change the conversation that we have around it and understand this is an innate thing that all of us possess inside of us. Every single one of us, even animals are so intuitive. And we, when we come to that realization and have that acceptance and realize it's not bad, just lean into it and cultivate whatever and however you receive messages so that it can best serve you in how you live your day-to-day life. I tell people all the time, like the difference in how you receive messages, um, the easiest way to figure it out is yes or no. And so when you ask a question and you can ask spirit or God or, you know, the universe or all that is, whatever you believe in, like, is this good for me? And if there's something in your heart or your head where you get a resounding like, yes, and like everything in your body gets goosebumps and you're so pumped, that is your your soul or your intuitions or higher self's way of saying, this is a good thing to do. This is joyous. This is happy. When you get those feelings where it feels like the pit of your stomach is dropping and like you freeze up and like you feel like I can't move or I'm going to be sick or, oh my gosh, I need to like hide my head in the sand or run away. That's your intuition's way of saying, no, don't do this. This is bad. (laughs) Like stop where you are. Those are intuitive messages. Those are two physiological responses that we can get from our own intuition, our own higher self, our own soul. And then as you practice and become more familiar with your own abilities, you'll realize that you get messages in different ways. So some of us have the gifts like you do, where we can talk to angels and spirits. And some of us just have knowing and some of us have visions. We all have different gifts. Yes, we do. 100%. You know what, going back to what you said earlier, the ladies who you're working with who see the color, I love that gift because I don't have it. I can't see color at all. So I always wonder what would that look like? So I have them describe it. And um, yeah, no, everybody does definitely have a spiritual gift. It just, Mm -hmm. um, they're all so different. Absolutely. And I think that's what really draws us into different types of congregations where we want to find the familiarity and we want to have a sense of community with people who do have similar experiences. That's where those bonds happen of like, where that resounding like me too happens. And then you have a different emotional response to your life and you have different experiences because you're able to share those commonalities. And I think that's what works so well in very different sectors of like spiritual practice. I think it can be a really great thing to find somebody that helps you cultivate your own spirituality or your own intuition or your own gifts. Yeah, which is why it's great that there are so many different people out there like us that you can work with locally because it's nice to follow people like on a bigger national level, but it's also nice to have somebody local that you can actually get face to face with and really learn from one on one. 
For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some of my best training has come in communities and not necessarily in like a higher education setting. And it's because you're able to express your vulnerability, ask questions, um, really be seen, witnessed, or heard by people who are not going to judge you. And it, allow, it allows for some tremendous spiritual growth when yeah. you are one-on-one and are able to have that bond, that relationship, that, ex- that great energy exchange. Yeah. <laughs> that we, yeah. Yeah. You know... I know we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about money, but one of the cool things that had come out of our last talk was quantum theory. Because when we were talking about quantum theory, we were talking about the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm wondering if you could explain what quantum theory is to our listeners, because I just think it's so fascinating, the science behind it. And then how it works in a different example other than money. Okay. All right. Let me see if I can do this. (laughs) So quantum theory or the realm of possibility is when you have a thought and as soon as you have that thought, it is now in the realm of possibility. Like you've pictured it in your mind's eye or you have felt an energetic response to it or an emotional response to it. And now it is actually a possibility. If you sit down and contemplate on that thought, that goal, that dream, that aspiration that you have created, you now have action steps that you can take to attain that goal, that dream, that realm of possibility. And so that quantum theory uses that idea to help us manifest. So if you, anything that you can perceive, you can achieve. And I think that's what's the really great part about using thought to help us when we cultivate our thoughts and we use it to help us manifest or to bring something into form, then that's a really powerful tool. And so to think of something like that's not money that you wanted to manifest using quantum theory or realm of possibility would be, uh, so, okay, I can give a personal example of that. Um, when my husband and I were still living in Hawaii, we, um, he knew that he was going to go to school somewhere, but we didn't know where. Um, and he asked me really generously, like, if you could choose where we live, where would you want to go? And I was like, Boulder. So the odds of us getting to actually move to Boulder rely on the fact of he has to get accepted to this program, he has to pass this program, then he has to get accepted to the University of Colorado, then we have to, like there was all these big like hurdles in the way of actually, of us actually getting to Boulder. However, what I did, it is I was like, nope, we're moving to Boulder, that's it that we are going to live in Boulder. And I started probably six months before my husband went to this school. So I did know he got accepted to this school and um, not UC, but like, or CU, but 
he got accepted into this program where he was going to go somewhere. We still didn't know where, but I was like, nope, I've decided we're going to Boulder. So I started looking at houses in Boulder. I started researching the kind of clothes I would need to wear in Boulder. I started looking at jobs in Boulder. I started looking at office spaces in Boulder. I started thinking about the type of house and the type of neighborhood I wanted to live in in Boulder. My whole perception was already we're moving to Boulder. Like there's no other, that's just it. Like I was so adamant, so determined, so hardcore believed it was happening. So my husband the whole time was just like, you're putting all your ducks in like one basket or whatever that expression is. You're putting all your eggs in one basket. You don't know, like you need to look at other places. And I was like, hush, no, we're moving to Boulder. And so I, I was looking on the, uh, internet, looking at different houses, found the house that we live in now. I was like, that's the house I want. And he was like, we're not even moving for like six more months. That house will probably not even be available. I'm like, no, that's our house. And I started looking at it and I was like, oh, this would, our couch will go here. Oh, I want this kind of couch. Made a Pinterest board. I made a Pinterest board for this house. I didn't even know we were going to move into. I love it. (laughs) I, I was fully believing this is, this is it. So I think using that um, realm of possibility, that thought I had, we're moving here, and then living as if it already exists. That's the key to change using quantum theory. Live as if it already exists. Then that is how I manifested this house. That's how like we ended up in Boulder. Like I just, and, and that's how the way quantum theory works is that when you start believing in a new reality, that thought that you had, that realm of possibility, and you live it and believe it to be true, your external experiences have no other option than to match that perceived reality. So that's how manifestation works. That is how um, law of attraction works. When you use a thought and you use action steps and start believing it already is real, that is your reality everything in your life shifts so that it does become your perceived reality. Yeah, this came to me in a crazy way. I'm going to tell this story on a different podcast coming up soon, but I um, was on a biz- going to go on a business trip. I was in the airport. I was in this huge cafe area in uh, the airport at O'Hare, and there was no seating anywhere. This guy came and he sat right down and, uh, well, he asked, can I sit down next to you? And I was like, yeah, you know, come on over. Um, started talking to him. He was an inspirational speaker, taught me all of this at a really young age. Oh, cool. I know. I know. So we talk a lot about this on the podcast. So thank you so much for explaining though, the science behind it and actually putting a name on it with quantum (laughs) theory, because, um, I think, it just helps to have yeah. that background info. And, um, oh, there's another thing I was going to ask you that ties into this. Oh, you know what I was going to tell you? It's connecting to energy because yeah. when I'm connecting to people's loved ones on the other side. A lot of times they'll tell me, I need the person that you're working with, Julie. I need them to understand how to connect with me themselves. And what they teach me and what they show me to tell you is 
you have to see them as if they're there right in front of you. You have to see what they look like, what it would be like to look into their eyes, give them a hug, touch their hand. And as you are connecting with your loved one who's in heaven on the other side, through this visualization, what you're doing is calling to their energy, bringing their energy closer to you. And I really believe, because uh, as you were talking to me, what I was seeing from them is that it's the exact same thing with quantum theory. It's just with things that we want to manifest in our lives. Right. And not only is it that energy exchange, then you also have the emotional response. That's why a lot of people say like, even though your loved ones are gone, they're still around you or you can keep their memory alive. Whenever we think about our loved ones, even if they're not around or um, not just the loved ones, like if you think about a new place that you want to live, a new job that you want to have, the money that you want to create, it's that energy exchange again, like you just said, like if you have a loving, kind, happy, joyous response to it, then you're going to get more of that. Like it's a more, it's a higher frequency emotional um, reality or perception. Like you will be closer to that loved one who's on the other side when you can picture like a moment that you had together, how they looked when you saw them, the hugs that they gave you and funny things that they said, you're having that emotional response. And that's a, a beautiful energy. Same with, you know, money or a job or a place to live or good health. You know, like when you love your body, your body responds so differently. Um, for me, I know that like I struggled for a little bit with like doing that last 10 pounds weight loss after I had my second kid. And I wasn't treating my body very nice. Like I was, you know, doing yoga. I was doing the bare minimum, I'll be honest. But when I really started like loving my body, eating well, um, you know, I completely cut out booze, doing yoga every day, meditating every day, my body responded and said, oh, you do love me. And the, the weight released a lot easier. And I had been busting my booty at the gym for a year. And I was so mad. I was like, why am I not losing weight? This is ridiculous. I hyperventilated twice today. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but my body was like, but you're not ready to lose it because you're still treating me like crap. And so I just had to really change, you know, that relationship, that energy exchange I was having with my body to like, for it to go, okay, I'll respond positively. Now I'll give you the results you want. Also, I had to believe that it was going to happen by making these changes. So I feel like we've been talking a lot and it's been awesome about Good energy exchange. <laughs> yes. No, I love it. You know, we, we talked a lot about a lot of different things today, but I think a lot of our listeners are at different points. You know, some are beginners, some are intermediate, some are advanced. And I'm just wondering, you're kind of like I am. You've read a lot. You've looked at a lot of different things. People are just getting started in this. Are there some books that you could recommend that they pick up? Oh, man. So many. You know, I really... I do like um, Esther and Jerry Hicks. I feel like that's the really good starter into the woo-woo, um, not, or not necessarily woo-woo, but understanding how spirit works. I think Esther has this ability to tap into connect that communication with spirit. That was my like toe in. Um, and also 
like The Alchemist. Did you ever read that book? You oh. know what? A long time ago. Yeah. Oh, I think it's a great book that you can either take. Um, it's just a really great explanation of the journey and how things unfold and manifest for our higher self when we truly believe. And uh, yeah, Esther and Jerry Hicks are great. It's the toe dip. I don't know very much about them. I'll have to check them out. So they are the ones that did law of attraction. They oh. kind of coined the whole law of attraction. The secret, I feel like that's one. Um, what the bleep do we know? That's also, a, it's also a documentary and not just a book, but those are good, like way to dip your toe in. Did you see the new documentary? This is the one that I love so much right now. It's on Netflix. It's called Heal. No, but you're the third person to tell me to watch it. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Yeah, it's fantastic. H-E-A-L. And um, if you've got Netflix, it's right on there. But it is a great, great documentary. Oh, I'll, te- I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, there's a lot of different books that people can yeah. use to dip their toe in and be like, does this resonate with me? Yes. Awesome. Take what you need, leave the rest. Totally. (laughs) That's awesome. So Nikki, you know, the other one that you really recommended and I highly recommend him too is Joe Dispenza. Oh, I love Joe. I love him so much. I love his work. He, he resonates with me, I think just so much. Oh yeah. He's really brilliant. Um, and I really just like his vibe, his personality. I like how he scientifically explains the woo. Yeah. Um, something that definitely, uh, and might obviously resonate with myself where it just makes it a more under for my little analytical mind. I just really like the way he explains how things work and how we can make that connection. Totally. Yeah. And Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, another great oh, doctor. I don't know him either. Okay. I'll, I'll check yeah. that one out. Yeah. So, um, wherever you go, there you are. He wrote that book about meditation. Really great book. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and for people who want to find you online again, where can they go? So Facebook, the gram, I don't know what kids are calling it these days Um, (laughs) is all mind body mana. And then my website's mindbodymana.com. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Nikki Hartley for being on the show. I just really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for inviting me, Julie. It's always so fun to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Friends, I almost missed the best part. Nikki Hartley, meditation guru, meditation teacher, she did her own meditation for us to try. It's about 40 minutes long, so I know it's a little bit longer than we normally do, but I'd love for you to sit down and try her meditation. We're going to put it up right here on the podcast. Again, it's a completely separate episode so that you don't have to go through and tinker around and try and find the exact time to do the meditation. It is strictly the meditation. And um, yep, I'm so excited about it. Try the meditation out. Tell us how you like it. Join the conversation over on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at angelpodcast. And I'd love for you to ask questions over there. We'll just have a lot of fun. And um, your questions that you ask on Instagram, they might just be answered on this podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day and really open your heart to all of those unexpected blessings that spirit is trying to bring into your life right now.
Disclaimer, this podcast provides general information and discussion about energy healing, spiritual topics, and related subjects. The conversations and other content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical, psychological, and or professional advice. If the listener or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or other healthcare professional. Never make any medical or health-related decision based in whole or even in part on anything contained in the Angels and Awakening podcast or in any of our linked materials. You should not rely on any information contained in this podcast and related materials in making medical, health-related, or other decisions. You should consult a licensed physician or appropriately credentialed healthcare worker in your community in all matters relating to your health. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Again, angel messages, energy healing, and the information you receive here does not constitute legal, psychological, medical, business, relationship, or financial advice. Do not take any of the advice given in any Angels and Awakening podcasts or sessions in lieu of medical, psychological, legal, financial, or general professional advice. Please note, Angels and Awakening is a podcast produced by Chicago Energy Healing, a company with locations in Wheaton and Naperville, Illinois. Thank you.